Welcome to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. This podcast is presented by the Heavy Duty Consulting Corporation and hosted by our CEO, Jamie Irvin. At the Heavy Duty Consulting Corporation, we work with manufacturers, distributors, and repair shops who want to grow their business. Do you have a problem that you would like some help with? We have developed fault codes for heavy duty parts businesses, just like they have for commercial trucks. Find out how many fault codes your business has and how you stack up against dozens of other heavy-duty parts businesses. Head to heavydutyconsulting.com and schedule a meeting with us today. All right, let's start this episode. Welcome to the Heavy Duty Parts Report, the only podcast dedicated to the heavy-duty parts industry. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and this is the podcast where you will get expert advice about the heavy-duty parts you buy and keep up to date with what's happening in the trucking industry. This episode is sponsored by Zerk.Work. If you are a mobile heavy-duty mechanic, please check out Zerk.Work. Links are in the show notes. In today's episode, we are going to talk about getting the right kind of training in the hands of the people who need it the most. To help us with that, I'd like to introduce David Boys, president of today's class, a career training platform that, make, that takes learning to the next level. David, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jamie. Could you explain what is driving the shortage of skilled labor in the trucking and heavy-duty parts industry? I don't know if there is, well, I mean, simply put, there's more techs that are leaving this workforce that are entering it. You know, those that are leaving, they might be retiring, they might be transitioning to roles in management or service advisory, and so on. But the, the challenge is that as these folks are transitioning out, there's not as many folks to replace them. Now, I'm not sure if there's a, one specific reason why this younger generation isn't really you know, jumping at this opportunity. There's a lot of different discussion points out there. I mean, uh, lack of interest could be stemmed from the, the time it takes to, to excel in those positions, uh, the pr- pressure that everybody has to go out and secure a college degree or four-year education, or maybe they just don't see themselves working in a transportation space. So there's a variety of, of gaps out there, um, and I don't, I don't think there's a single activity that we can really do to address that and get folks fired up to, to join that industry. From your perspective, what strategies have we tried and been failing at? Well, again, I don't know if there's one, but there, there's a variety. It's a complex problem, and we've got you know, this, this challenge spans ages. It spans geography. It spans skill sets. Some folks believe that if we can increase exposure and let's say bring vehicles into an eighth grade classroom, we might spark interest and and somebody would really want to pursue this as a career. And that will work for some, but that's probably not going to do it for everybody. Others are more focused on, you know, the the pride and um, just the general career upside that a technician can have, you know, the ability to work with your hands, work with cutting edge technology, deal with a customer, maybe manage your own business. And that can be exciting too, but it's, again, it's, it's, that will work for some and not for others. So I I think it is a challenge for the industry to say, this is the one way that we're going to fix it. The one thing that stands out more to me, I think, is that the organizations that are really taking the bull by the horns and recognizing that they're going to have to tackle the problem on their own. They may establish relationships with local schools, but some are really, you know, developing their own platforms to grow their own technicians, find ways to retain them. Um, Because again, I think, having somebody else try to 
create that supply for you is a strategy that you're, that most organizations are going to struggle with. Could you explain how today's class got started and, and how you're trying to address this issue? Sure. So we've been around for about 20 years. The business began as an instructor-led training outfit. We worked with a large organization and we had trainers, a large organization that we were supporting. We had probably 80 trainers or so traveling across the U.S. and Canada providing uh, technician-level training, whether it was in, in a seminar, uh, a hotel room, some on-site uh, training. But uh, over that period, we began to develop a large quantity of content. And then ultimately, we pivoted and built an online learning platform. That platform has, used, been, has been used primarily in schools to date. So we have several states in the U.S. that license our platform and provide that content and the platform to high school students, juniors and seniors, for example. Um, and we've been doing that for many years. But what we wanted to do more recently is try to support the professional market because there's such a demand for training. I mean, with the lack of technicians that are there, we really need to expand the skill sets for the folks that are still there and hopefully encourage them to stay. You know, big reason for folks um, remaining at their jobs is continued opportunity and, and training is one of those items that can really support that. I know it, as someone who's sold heavy duty parts for many years, there's been many times where we get brought into that hotel room. We spend a day and I know that everyone by like three o'clock after a heavy lunch is starting to fall asleep. And sometimes sure. guys also use it as an opportunity. They're out of town and they get to go out the night before. I don't know how much benefit those kinds of training environments actually really give a person because you get kind of fired up about a subject, but then you forget the stuff you learned and, and you go away from it and you get back into your regular routine. And even if you did learn quite a bit, sometimes all of that is, it's hard to use it. One thing I like about your platform and, and if people would like to see how the platform works, we're going to include a link in the show notes that has a whole demonstration video, but I like the idea that you could learn a little bit at a time every day. Could you talk a little more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So we leverage an approach that's called micro learning and really that it's geared around a couple things. One, our brains can only handle so much. I mean, to your point, sitting in an eight hour onsite class, how much are you going to learn? How much are you going to retain a day after, two weeks after, et cetera? So our approach takes a different spin on it. We push small bursts of training each day that are tailored for you. The algorithms that run the platform will identify what you're strong in, what you're weak in, and try to fill those gaps. So, for example, let's say that you're getting training on electrical and you're weak in voltage drop. The system is going to lean towards voltage drop training and try and boost you up there. But then in addition to that, we focus on retention. Let's say that you've mastered voltage drop. That's great news. However, six weeks down the road, the system's going to challenge you on that and make sure that you still know it. If you do, great. It will check with you further down the road. But at the moment that you indicate to the system that you don't have that knowledge anymore, it reacts and then it's going to provide you more training in that area. So really the flexibility there allows us to, to bring people up a level, but also helps retain them. So going back to your comparison about a, an on-site course where you might be there and maybe getting too much information for you to handle over an eight-hour session, and then eight weeks later, you don't have it anymore, we take a different path. We're going to give it to you in smaller chunks. We're going to ensure that you have it before we move you on, and we're going to help you keep it there. And then also, we're going to have data that supports whether you have that or not. 
because that's the other trick with those eight-hour courses. The data that you have is somebody went to the course. You might have you might have data if they passed or not, but but there's typically not a whole lot of data that indicates whether somebody's mastered a concept or not at that level. You're listening to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and we've been speaking with David Boyce, president of today's class. David, what really differentiates your training platform over others in the marketplace? I'd say there's kind of three three kind of key items. One is that it's mobile. So it's not strictly mobile, but we leverage smartphones. Everybody's got that technology in their pocket right there, and we're pushing the training there. So mobile is one. Smart is the next. It's adaptive learning. It's focused on retention. So it is going to be a, a unique learning experience for each person focused on their needs and or the priorities that their management team has kind of geared for that audience. And then third, we can support multiple dimensions of training. So we push out the micro learning, but we also enable managers to do more things. For example, if you had a, a recall or a safety issue that you needed to share with your team, you can just through the phone app record a video, push that to folks, uh, provide an article supporting it. You can allow them to create feedback. And again, we're now providing that directly to the technicians. The the legacy types of training, there's a lot of barriers to getting those done. We talked about on-site training before. To do on-site training, you have to get there. It could be down the hall. That's not too bad. But it could be 30 minutes away. It could be two hours away. It could be a hotel stay involved. And those are barriers that are going to prevent folks from getting it done. Even typical online training, we talk to a lot of organizations who say they can't get their techs off their floor. There's too much work to be done. So I can't have a technician go take an online course for an hour. So our platform, we, we're trying to reduce or eliminate those barriers and push the training directly to them to a device they have and a time frame that we believe that they can tolerate. Yeah, speaking of that time frame, I know one of the complaints of, of a lot of people is that with it's hard to keep people off their phones as it is. And so there may be a case where people might feel a little leery of like giving them another reason to be on their smartphone when we really need them working. What have you done to work with people to get around that? So we do have some organizations that have been a little hesitant to allow them to use their phone. So one, the platform can work off the devices, but we do track all the data as well. So managers have really good visibility to when folks are doing their training, when they're not. And if they need to go check the logs, because a technician said, hey, I've been training, that's why I'm on my phone. It's very easy for the manager to identify if that is or is not the case. Um, We also find that the technicians are eager to use this because they're competing with each other as well. Through the platform, we have a point system, a prize system, and a lot of times they're trying to, if they are on their phones, they are using the platform because they're trying to best their peers and have an opportunity to win a Snap-on card or a Yeti cooler or just be on, on top of the leaderboard among their team. Yeah, that internal competition, I can see that as being uh, something that that has a lot of value. I know in the sales capacity, every time my company puts up a competition, man, I'm determined to win. And so far, I've won every one except for one. And we tied and we both shared the prize. So that was okay. It still felt like winning. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I see that as being a real motivator. Also, do you find that the younger technicians or the younger people are attracted to this kind of training? It kind of seems like it really fits what they're used to in their day-to-day lives. That might actually be something that would help bring in more young people. Yeah, there seems to be, there's a lot of surveys out there that describe what the younger generation is interested in from a training perspective. I think there's a lot of interest in 
coaching, one-on-one coaching, but that's tough to do at scale. I mean, you, you can't really can't do it. That's where we think our, our video capability can really help. Our discussion board capability can help. But there's also some hesitancy for that generation to do an online course because it's one size fits all and it's long. And, and those courses can be boring. I mean, if you tell somebody they need to sit there and take a 60 minute course and, and breaks, it, it's tough for your mind to stay focused during that time. So yeah, I think whether it's the attention span, whether it's the device, whether the fact that it's tailored for, for that particular user, those angles are something that, that we think work well for that audience. David, could you tell us about a case study of a fleet that implemented your training program and then kind of explain what impact it had on their business? Sure, sure. So uh, the one I would reference was a fleet of about 150 uh, techs that they had on staff. Now they work with a variety of vehicles, light, medium, and heavy duty. So they've got a lot of variety. Um, some orgs we've talked to that are very dependent on Freightliner, for example, um, you know, they've kind of got a lot of support from, from those organizations. Um, and kind of a very strict way that they're going to deploy their training. So in this case, um, given the variety of vehicles that they worked on, and they were also spread out geographically, so that created a lot of challenges for them in how they deploy training. They do have an on-site training location uh, at their, um, in their organization, but again, if they're going to bring folks there, that's a challenge. If they're going to push training out to them, how do they know that they did it? What data did they get? So they were a little puzzled on what to do. When we shared with them our platform, they were really excited. They, they wanted to try it out. And we, uh, once they decided they wanted to go, we got them up and running pretty quickly. So that's one nice thing about the platform. It's very easy to deploy. It's app-driven. You know, it can give you credentials right now, and you can log in and go. So we had over 100 technicians running within 48 hours. So the first benefit this org had was deployment of training very quickly. It wasn't a six-month LMS implementation. It was 48 hours, and we're going. So we've been working with them for about four months now. So it is a little early on the business results side. So we just announced this product in March. So we're still early on. But the results we've seen so far have been pretty good. Their engagement is very strong. On average, their technicians are spending four days a week or logging into the platform four days a week. So that means they're training four days a week. That gives an opportunity for management to connect with them, gives them man- uh, management an opportunity to gather data. So it's really been helpful from that perspective. From a knowledge, um, from the knowledge view, this group has increased their overall knowledge by about twenty-five percent, but it's been closer to thirty in key areas like PMI and electrical. But to see productivity results from that training, that's often kind of the trick. We have a capability that we're rolling out where we can tie business metrics to the training. If somebody's better at electrical, if somebody's better at PMI, what does that translate in terms of dollars? So those are the numbers we're still calculating but we're getting a lot of good um, subjective feedback, such as technicians that lacked confidence before would always go pull a senior technician to help them solve a problem. And those folks are now not asking those questions. They might, you know, if they really, really need to, but we've seen a lot of those folks that are more junior be able to step up and, and be more comfortable with some of the basics. Then the one last thing I would say that they've really, they have been able to calculate some, some dollars on is just the way to communicate. So again, the example I mentioned earlier about sharing information on recall or implementation of a particular component, being able to record that and blast that out at scale, 150 technicians across the country in minutes is very effective for them. The previous approach was post post a PDF, send an email, and there was no 
indication of how that's being digested and they, they couldn't tie that all back. Now they can do it in minutes, they can do it with video, and they can understand and certify that folks have read it. I've heard some owners of fleets be very frustrated because they train people and then people move on to different uh, opportunities or they leave the industry and they just seem to never be able to get because they're smaller business owners, they can't seem to spread themselves out enough to, to get around to everyone. So I, I could really see an application even for the smaller fleets of being able to effectively get that information into the hands of their techs. And as a small business owner, you're wearing many hats and you're running all over the place trying to get everything done. And that would be just one less thing that you would have to worry about. Yeah, this makes it pretty easy. So in the platforms built, it's not built to be only available for larger organizations. We have a lot of smaller shops. One of our, our very first customers that as we were doing some of the initial design, you know, small fleet shop uh, just outside of Atlanta, you know, eight to 10 technicians and the use cases, the pricing, all that was built with them in mind because we feel like those folks really needed a solution like this. And yeah, from, from, they created a whole model around the engagement and the points solution, but then a way to communicate as well was very popular. They could record it. They could create articles. Um, but I think the key thing is that if you have this engagement model where the techs are accessing the platform every day, that's, that's key. They can come in. They can get that information. And we know that you've seen it. And we can measure your knowledge against that. One of the disadvantages of in-person training like in that hotel room scenario beyond just the travel as well as a, a course that everybody takes is that you can have a guy who hasn't even taken his first year apprentice yet and a guy who's been in it 35 years taking the exact same training your platform solves that problem doesn't it yes because and, and we're having some organizations that are doing that they'll essentially qualify folks to attend a training so if i need to bring in my but let's use the example of we're going to offer an advanced electrical course and a basic electrical course. Folks aren't going to sign up for the basic. Everybody's going to sign up for the advanced because they, they think they know it. Now, with our platform, we know whether they know it or not. And we don't need to talk about basic or advanced. We can just select these 10 users or these 10 technicians that have met these, met these criteria or have demonstrated that they have these skills. And then we're going to make them better. Um, also, as we bring those folks into the class, maybe some are stronger than others. I could pair them up or I could you know, say, Jamie, I can tell that you are weak in this particular concept. Let's talk about it. So it really allows you to pinpoint area, you know, um, knowledge gaps for folks. Um, and you can also do that at a macro level to really kind of facilitate that, that broader improvement. If you were to just want to emphasize one thing from today's conversation, you know, basically the key takeaway from today's conversation, what's that one important thing you want people to know? I just think it's important for everybody to recognize that we need to start thinking about this differently. Training has evolved a lot over the past, you know, 30, 40 years from video to online training, but, but now I think we need to look at it a different way in terms of the technology that's available the algorithms, the adaptive learning technology that's available and push it to people in a different way. It's always been a pull. We now have the ability to push. And I think we just need to look at it in a different way. 
You've been listening to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and we've been speaking with David Boys, president of Today's Class. To learn more about Today's Class, go to todaysclass.com. Links are in the show notes. David, thank you for being on the podcast. Thanks, Jamie, for having me. Have you subscribed to the podcast yet? Go to heavydutypartsreport.com to listen to and subscribe to the podcast. And remember to focus on lowering costs per mile, over purchase price, and keep those trucks and trailers rolling. HCA Truck Pride is the heart of the Independent Parts and Service Channel. They have 750 parts stores and 450 service centers conveniently located across the U.S. and Canada. Visit heavydutypartsreport.com slash HDA Truck Pride today to find a location near you. Again, that's heavydutypartsreport.com slash HDA Truck Pride and let the heart of the Independent Service Channel take care of your commercial equipment.